besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. We love our dogs. They love to race. Check out grnz.co.nz for everything New Zealand Greyhounds. This is Dog Speed with Mark Rosanowski, Andy McCook and Ricardo Ball on ECNZ. Uh, and a very good morning. Welcome into uh, Dog Speed on the end of, uh, well, a pretty interesting week for me. I'm Mark Rosanowski. I'll be joined shortly by uh, Andy McCook, a couple of guests on the show today as well. Might try and find a winner out of uh, Monaco, where they have 12 races for the Auckland Greyhound Racing Club a little later on. A couple of trainers who have got uh, dogs in uh, we will chat to you over the next hour, and I've particularly chosen them today too because of their um, their links with uh, rugby league. Because it's been a big rugby league weekend, the uh, Kiwis up against Tonga uh, last evening, yesterday afternoon at Mount Smart, and uh, also of course tonight, the second in the state of origin between Queensland and New South Wales. I've had a, a fairly interesting week. COVID finally caught up with uh, with me and the family, so uh, hopefully I'm not feeling, uh, not sounding too uh, too stuffed up. Nearly out the other side. Had to miss, unfortunately, the um, probably the best greyhound meeting we've ever had at the uh, Manawatu on Friday. The uh, Matariki meeting with some just truly outstanding racing. But the man who stood in for me, uh, Andy McCook, will have him on the show not too long from now, just to reflect on some of the stellar performances. Uh, out of that meeting, and there certainly were a few. Towards the end of the show, we'll catch up with uh, Ron O'Regan. Of course, Ron uh, was a uh, a Kiwi in the 1980s, and uh, he'll have some reflections, no doubt, on yesterday's effort of the uh, Kiwi Rugby League team in their success over Tonga. But first up, we're going to chat with uh, Peter Hederick. Peter has uh, just the two dogs in today after the scratching of a third, and uh, Peter, of course, is uh, here in New Zealand and making a name for himself in greyhound racing, but uh, formerly of uh, Queensland, particularly in the far north. And uh, Peter Hederick, uh, a very good morning to you. Oh, no, we're just waiting on uh, Peter. We'll uh, get him up in a moment or two. But I know that uh, Peter, of course, looking forward to the second state of origin uh, a little later on with Queensland up 1-0 in the series. He is a uh, true maroon uh, Queenslander, so we'll get his thoughts on that, plus uh, that uh, around the two dogs that he's got in today. He did have a, a third, and I see uh, Spring Forward, a new addition to the kennel, but it's been uh, scratched out of race four today there at Monaco. Does uh, leave Peter, though, with a couple of runners, and Zoe Star, the star of his uh, Zen Star Racing Kennels, and also uh, Big Time Mossy, and they're in the last uh, couple of races today so we start race 11 number six she's come up at uh, 12 dollars uh, last start winner of course um in fact she's won her last two and big time mossy is uh, quite short in the market in race 12. peter hederick very good morning to you good morning mark how are you yeah good peter hey um thanks for joining us today uh talking about you being um uh, a true maroon uh, out of out of Queensland, and of course, it's the second state of origin tonight, coming out of uh, Western Australia, coming out of Perth, and uh, no doubt you would have been delighted with the success of uh, of Queensland and Origin One. 
Oh, mate, I was wrapped, to be honest. Yes, I, I bleed maroon. I'm coming from Queensland. Um, Queensland is through and through, mate. So I was happy with the first game and hopefully we can do it to the second game. <laughs> well, indeed. I mean, I, I guess it's easy to, 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 to be one way or the other and, and to only see things through one filter. But, like, genuinely, how do you feel going into tonight with uh, New South Wales making um, seven changes, uh, Queensland having to make a couple uh, through injury? How confident are you feeling that, that Queensland could actually wrap it up tonight? Oh, it's going to be a big ask, especially with the changes that Fittler's made. Um, but in saying that, um, yeah, the boys, are they played well in the first game. Um, if they stick to it and the spirit's there, well, yeah, they can. They can topple them again. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a hard a hard ask going to Perth and, and um, doing battle with them over there because, as we all know, they'll come back in the second game. So, um, yeah. Just have to play by ear and hopefully we get some good fortune. Yeah, well, look, I thoroughly enjoyed that first game and I'm looking forward to the second. It should be a beauty. And obviously there's a little bit of pressure going on the, the referee as well uh, after that first game with uh, with New South Wales sort of indicating that maybe Queensland were manipulating the ruck a bit, but that's the game, right? Yeah, mate, that's it. That's, uh, that's the name of the game, really, you know. So, but um, yeah, it's... You know, it's going to be a hard game. The, the first game was tough. It's always tough, them origin games. It, it's, you know, because it's the elite of the elite. Um, so, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be a hard game. Oh, geez. can go either way. What do, you, what do you like as a spectator, Peter? Do you sit on the edge of your couch? Do you yell a bit? I do, mate. I do. <laughs> I pull the ref up a few times as well. So um, even the touchies get a run with me sometimes. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, all good. It's all part of the emotion and what makes uh, Origin pretty special. Peter, I suppose we should talk about uh, greyhound racing. Um, you've got two runners in today. And look, I saw you a fortnight ago. It was uh, Duke of ACNZ, Duke of Edinburgh, Silver Holiday, and, uh, and Zoe Star won for you on the undercard. And I could tell that actually meant quite a lot to you. Oh, it did. It did, Mark. It did. Um, from from having some problems with her earlier, um, um, yeah. So we, you know, Tan and, and Zoe and myself, we, you know, knuckled down. We ironed out a few things with her and got her back on track. And mate, yeah, it's incredibly just to put the hard yards in, and we're just starting to get the rewards now with her. She's, you know, it's just starting to shine through. It was back-to-back -back wins for her, but it was special because it was Class 5 and, of course, Premier Stakes as well on such a big day, so it just made it that extra, didn't it? Oh, it did, mate. It did, because we've never had a dog to go to a Class 5 before, let alone go past a Class 2 or 3, you know, so um, it's even more special. Um, and she's our first pup that we bought. Um, so, yeah, it's... Um, and to be on a, on a Premier Day, like, uh, was just uh, so emotional. So, yeah, just so glad... And and not just for us, I'm just so happy for her too because she's come a long way and um, she's stepping up. So it's good. It's really good. Certainly is. Now, um, she hasn't raced since. That was a fortnight ago. So what have you been doing with her, Peter? I just kept her nice and fresh. Um, she likes to she likes to be fresh and 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 just jumping around and being a happy self. And um, so yeah, I just just been been mucking around with her here and. The girls have been playing, playing around with her and stuff, and keeping her happy. And yeah, she's yeah, so she's she's all right. She's pretty spot on today. So um, yeah, as long as she gets around safe, that's the main thing, you know.
certainly is. Look, at it, she's race 11, number six, and I see she's priced up this morning at $12 because Thrilling Freddy is in outstanding form. I do notice, though, that uh, Emily's Perfect's a clear second favourite, and, of course, you did beat her last time. So, look, what are you expecting today? You obviously want to fire out of the boxes because that's the best part of her race. Yeah, mate, yeah. I'd love her to jump. Um, if she can jump and, and get a bit of clear air, um, yeah, and hopefully she can do that um, second phase acceleration she's got um, and just go from there and see what happens. Uh, that um, Frilling Freddy, he's just on fire at the moment. So, yeah, you know, it's going to be a hard ask. But, yeah, you've got to start somewhere, I suppose. And she's a Class 5 girl, so you can't shy away from them. You've got to meet them. So um, I'm expecting a good run from her. If she can um, jump and run and doesn't find any trouble early. And Peter, um, look, we're in the depths of winter at the moment, but I think you've got a fairly ambitious campaign possibly for her in the spring. Well, yes, I'm hoping so. If she's still going as well as what she is now and and we can we can get a, a few more wins on board, I'd, I'd like to take her down to um, have a go at a galaxy because I've never, I've never been down there to Christchurch, so be good to go down there and participate in the big races down there and see the carnival down there with her. Um, yep. Well, let's... Just, uh, yeah, I just thought it'd be a handy little race for her. That's what it's all about, Peter, to uh, to have these dreams, these ambitions, and, and she's got the box speed for, for that sort of thing. So if she can take to the track, then uh, she could really do something special for you down there come November. Here's hoping anyway. We look forward to seeing Zoe Starr go around today in race 11. In race 12, Peter, you've got um, one of the favoured candidates there, uh, number eight, big time Mossy. Um, she went over the 457 at Cambridge on Thursday. Unfortunately, she was settling she sort of settled fourth going into the bend, but she she got dragged down there. She ended up out the back, and obviously she's come through that okay. Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. No, she's come through that good, Mark. She's um, jumping around. Um, no, she's fine as. Um, but yeah, oh, she just got dragged down and didn't have much luck at all, you know. So back to the three eighteen, um, jumping out of box eight um, will suit her better. Um, she gets plenty of room to move if she can jump and, and did what she done two starts back. Um, I think she can take a, a pair of beating. Yeah, indeed. That uh, two starts back was last Sunday there. She had box eight on that occasion as well. She ran second to Kettle Pot. And it's pretty good form for today. So a couple of good chances to close out the day there, Peter. You're going to have to uh, sit around for most of the day, though. Um, initially, you had a dog spring forward, I think, new to your kennel. Uh, in, but has been uh, has been scratched. Should we be looking out for Spring Ford? Uh, yeah, mate. Um, she'll go to. Um, well, I'm hoping she'll go to um, Cambridge next Thursday. Um, we'll kick her off there, and I just wanted to give her a, a bit of time to settle in. And um, she's a lovely, lovely bitch. So um, yeah. I'll uh, we'll kick her off next Thursday down at Cambridge. With my uh, COVID isolation still continuing, I'm not able to be in the uh, the normal studio today, just doing this from home. So we'll be with us. We'll uh, get through, and not too long from now, we'll have a chat with uh, with Andy McCook, looking back at uh, his reflections from the uh, Matariki day there at the Manawatu on Friday, which he uh, so ably covered for me. Now, one of the highlights, of course, was the Matariki distance that was taken out by the staying superstar that is uh, no keeper and in truly remarkable fashion. Well, 
Gary Cleave very kindly joined the team from the mail run uh, yesterday morning. Uh, Louis Herman Watt and, uh, and Mark Clayton, which wasn't a bad effort from Gary, uh, given that he had a pretty short night coming back, of course, from the Manawatu, these trainers, they don't get a lot of sleep. They've got to get back up again and straight back into it um, to sort of look after the uh, the rest of the team. But anyway, Gary kindly joined them yesterday. Let's have a listen to that. Morning, Gary. How are you doing? Not too bad. It's been uh, a very short night, but um, we got home safely and... Um yeah, no keeper's still tucked up in bed. No keeper is becoming, well, it was before yesterday, but no keeper's becoming a bit of a... a um, Old hero. Yeah, a bit of a freak, really. It's kind of getting cross codes. We're getting kind of, it's getting to that stage where whether when no keeper races, you kind of stop what you're doing and watch. Yesterday's race, can you just give us the lay of the land? What what was the significance of the race? And we'll talk about the, the fashion in which it's won, but what was the race, Gary? Uh, it was the Matariki distance race yesterday. Um, he'd been successful in the Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar at his previous start over the 779, so it was quite a drop back in distance for him. Um, but it was sort of the next major feature on the calendar, so um, it was a race we sort of targeted. Um, yeah, you can never sort of go into any race with full confidence, but... Um, you know, his recent run of successes, um, you know, you, you're the one to beat, so you, you're sort of holding all the good cards. And it wasn't until we actually got out on the track and was sort of parading behind the boxes and I sort of realised it was quite a short run to the first corner and drawing box eight, I sort of had a scary moment where I sort of thought, geez, if we don't yeah. begin good enough, we, we could be hung out really wide and um, cover a lot of extra ground and... Um, you know, anyone that begins better than us could um, sneak away with a big lead, and um, that it sort of struck me then it, <laughs> it it could really be a possibility that it, you know this could be the race that he gets rolled in. So, yeah, watching the race, um, that was exactly what happened. He got caught yeah, wide, and, um, you know, down down the back, he was sort of whacking away all right sort of and got to sort of fourth place but Roger Bale had moved ahead of him and um, I just didn't think he was sort of making the the necessary progress and um, you know it sort of became a reality that we were going to be beat but there's good track sense he, he sort of cut the rail turning for home where Roger Bale sort of hooked wide for a run and um, stormed along the fence and got up by half a length um, huge thrill huge relief <laughs> oh, Gary, you've just you've pa- you've painted the picture far better than I ever could have. That's exactly how it played out. Now, a couple of things. I've backed dogs and horses where they've won from miracle positions, and it's like whoa. But being a genuine connection and seeing him cut that back to the rail there and win from what looked like a pretty unwinnable position over that distance, knowing that he needed it been a massive drop back, like. Had you ridden him off? What were you thinking in your head as you were watching him come around that last bend? Yeah, well, he just wasn't making the necessary ground. Um, Roger Bale sort of appeared to be travelling far better, and I thought, oh, um, you know, at that point you're sort of praying for a wee bit of place money. Um, yeah, but just track sense and um, you know, taking that rail option was, was definitely the... Um, the ground saving and, and the winning of the race in the in the end. Is that kind of like you say track sense? 
it, and that's a term that makes perfect sense because I said to Clado when we watched it this morning, he, just, he couldn't have won if he went around them. He had to do what he did. You can't obviously tell a horse or a dog to do that, you know, and there's no jockey steering it. So track sense, is that kind of the, like, is that what makes a good horse, a, a, sorry, a good dog a great dog? Yeah, just sort of having that, um, the nous or the um, the bravery to sort of push for gaps and, and take the gaps. Um, his little brother, Noah Count, who run fourth in the silver collar, he's sort of the complete opposite. He'll <laughs> sit in behind a dog, waiting for the dog to move off rather than sort of hook out or, or push under, where no keeper's sort of just got that bold streak in him and, um, yeah, just has that will to win and, and knows where the line is. Ah, oh, amazing. We're gonna we'll put it up. Joe, can we share that uh, can we share the replay of that on our Twitter account? I'd encourage everybody to go watch it watch it. It's one of the more uh, uh amazing races I've seen in recent times, mate. Congratulations, Gary. This must be a total thrill and look, relief until the next one and then you gotta do it again. So <laughs> good good luck with no keeper, mate. No, thank you. Thank you. There you um, go. probably the, the Ray Aircock at Christchurch, um sort of mid next month will be the next target. That's Beautiful. Um, yeah. Awesome stuff. We'll keep our eyes peeled. So that was uh, Louis Herman Watt and uh, Mark Clayton. They were chatting yesterday with Gary Cleve, the trainer of No Keeper, after that extraordinary performance on Friday in the Matariki distance at the Manawatu Raceway. And the man who called it expertly for trackside was Andy McCook, who joins us now. Andy, you, you've had a well, a day and a half, nearly two days to sort of reflect on what you saw there with no keeper. So what's what's your reaction on Sunday after witnessing that race on Friday afternoon? Yeah, good morning, Rosso, and everybody tuning into Dog Speed this morning. Uh, he's just dead set an absolute freak, isn't he, no keeper? He had absolutely no right to win that race at any stage, even halfway up. You could just see, I just spied him starting to dive the inside, but Rosa, you know what Manawatu's like? Raja Bale had a head of steam up, and he was finishing very powerfully down the outside, and halfway up, I thought, geez, you're going to have to lift here, son. You're going to have to lift here, Big Kev, and Big Kev heard the, heard the roars of everybody tuning in, wanting the champion to keep the unbeaten record going, and he just he just joined in and, and got the job done. It's a, a win that you won't see very often, Rosso. It's, uh, it takes a very good greyhound to do what he did, really used his head halfway around the corner, hooking inside of Raja Bale. That was the winning of the race. If he stays outside Raja, he runs second. I don't think anybody could dispute that. Raja would have held him. But diving to the inside was the, the winning of the race. And after the race, Rosal, I quickly glazed, uh, glared down. I, I seen uh, I seen uh, the trainer himself, Mr. Mr. Crafty Cleave. He was about to get his hand, a handshake with, uh, with Wayne Morris and... All he could do was pat his chest. He was patting his chest like he just had a heart attack. And uh, I think half the nation tuning in had one as well. But he heard the calls and he lifted like the champion he is. Andy, I think the the key thing that we can try and highlight here for, for casual observers is that not did he just beat uh, <clears throat> other greyhounds in the way that he did, but 
the quality of those greyhounds. That was an exceptionally good 660-metre field. The greyhound who set up the speed-thrilling fern is a very promising 600, potentially 700-metre dog. Roger Bale, who he had to run down late in the piece, an exceptionally talented middle and longer-distance dog and very strong. And then, of course, you had dogs like Thrilling Rogue and Mr Fahrenheit, who uh, were his... Uh, closest rivals in the Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar. He's parked outside on uh, outside uh, all of that sort of ability and he was still able to do that and I think that's probably the key, just the, the, the calibre of the field that he actually beat. There were some very, very good greyhounds, very good greyhounds. Some of our best stayers, or not some of, they were our best stayers and if there was ever a chance that they were going to beat Keeper, and, and obviously at some stage he will get beat, and it's just a matter of, of when, really. It's it's almost impossible to keep un, up an unbeaten record. Something will happen somewhere. But if there was an opportunity on paper for some of these greyhounds to be able to beat Keeper, it looked like it could have been Friday. And Crafty just touched on that in that interview with, uh, with the team yesterday. He drew wide. It's not a track where you can stay wide into the first corner. It's a really short run to that corner. And if you get planted wide, those greyhounds that are railing and hard on the inside of you, they just sneak so far away on you when you straighten up down the back that it's almost an impossibility to pick them up. And when one of those greyhounds is a greyhound of the ability of thrilling third and Mr Fahrenheit, who are first and second into the back straight, and you straighten up down that back and you're the best part of five or six lengths off greyhounds of that calibre, it's very hard to pick them up, especially when you're planted to the outside of Raja Bale as well, and you're still not on the rail when you're leaving the back straight. It seemed an impossible task, Rosso, but he's just an absolute champion. He finds a way to overcome adversity. I said that on Friday. He did it in the silver collar. Now he's done it in the Matariki distance. He's just an absolute star. He is indeed uh, too high, high-quality performances back-to-back, -back, a fortnight apart. Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar, that he's made that one of the most remarkable um, renditions of that race at the 51st running with the uh, the way that he was able to overcome adversity to win that and then to drop back to the 660 and did what he did on Friday. Well, just speaks volumes for, for the dog and congratulations once again to Gary Cleave, to Galen Turmel, to the family and uh, yes, the no-keeper run uh, beyond 600 metres continues and we look forward to the uh, special Ray Edcock race uh, next month on his uh, home track down there at Addington Raceway. Well, the Matariki distance wasn't the only fabulous race on Friday and uh, very shortly here on Dog Speed, we will uh, reflect with Andy back on a couple of the other uh, features where uh, once again, the local Lisa Cole Kennels did manage to dominate in the Matariki Stakes and the Matariki Sprint and one or two other things. We'll reflect on that very shortly here on Dog Speed with Greyhound Racing New Zealand. Indeed, and uh, Mark Rosanos here this morning along with uh, Andy McCook and at the moment we are reflecting on Matariki Stakes Day from Friday. We've talked about the Matariki distance and the extraordinary performance once again of no keeper but the richest race of the day Andy was the $30,000 Matariki Stakes for which we'd had heats uh, three heats the week prior and uh, one of the heat winners was Federal Infrared who had been a recent import for the Lisa Cole Kennels had uh, won two 
short course sprints and done it in very good style, but at class one level, ran some, ran some excellent time, stepped up, won a heat last week in an excellent time, and then was able to come out and win the final off box number one. Another truly remarkable performance from the Lisa Cole Kennels to get Federal Infrared to win, but it was a very dramatic race, and I'm wondering as the commentator, where were you looking on the home bend? To be honest, I, I was looking out wider thinking that the Southerners would balance up and start to get after the pacemaker. And that was Charlotte Lou and Master Porthos. I thought once they balanced, especially Charlotte Lou, she was half a length closer to the leader than, uh, than the race favourite Master Porthos was. And I thought that she would balance up and start to let down. And halfway up, it was pretty apparent that she wasn't going to get there. And at that point, I thought, well, the leader's just kicking and kicking too strong. And, Rosso, with 10 metres to go, all you could see was this black and white rug starting to pick a path and absolutely airborne at the finish of the 457 metres and he's gone down a nose in the end and that was Carlos Jewell. Obviously, he's no doubt the run of the race last early, last leaving the back. He was fifth or sixth on the home corner and he just unleashed with an unbelievable burst to just come up short. A nose, a head, a neck separating the first four home, uh, Greyhounds home there, Rosso, and all I could think after the race was, why is Rosso not here? And I got landed with it. Oh, come on, Andy. You love it. And you did a great job of the finish too. It was dramatic and uh, never easy in those uh, circumstances to be able to nail the dogs that are in that finish, uh, which you were able to do. But um, it was certainly one of the races of the season. Federal Infrared winning, as you say, a nose. Carlos Jewell, an incredible performance. Charlotte Lou, the New Zealand Oaks winner, third. And tap out Classy, another for the Lisa Cole Kennels, another recent import, Andy, who's made a real splash, especially at Palmerston north uh, a close-up fourth and then the favorite master portos in fifth spot yeah it was a, a race and a half and, and master portos race favorite he's less than a length and a half away from the winner and he's run fifth so it's been an unbelievable race you, you've got to take your head off the team cole really federal infrared she's a, a class two greyhound she was down as a class one greyhound uh, for that final and Obviously, there was some sort of error made with, with her grading because she should be Class 2 after winning back-to-back -back Class 1s uh, before that series kicked off. So she's a Class 2 greyhound. Just starts six for her, which is phenomenal considering she was taking on some of the countries, well, not some of, she was taking on the country's best restricted-age greyhounds. Carlos Jewell, a greyhound who's run some very nice times at Addington, very strong through the back end of, of his races, and he looks like a stayer in the making, and I'm picking once he gets his restricted age season over and done with, which isn't far away, that we might see Robbo just step him up and trip a little bit, and he'll add a little bit of excitement because he looks like a, a dog who will get over the ground. Charlotte Lou, the Oaks winner, she's a, a very, very speedy greyhound, tap-out classy, who you mentioned, and Master Porthos, who won his heat in 25-49, and that's not mentioning uh, mentioning the other greyhounds who were back in the pack, and you know greyhounds like Naya Bale and Gold Star Gigi, who are very fast in their own right. So it was a very good field. To win it at start six is a, 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 an absolute marvel, not only to the dog, but to the trainers. And the cold camp had a little bit of a quiet start to the day, Rosso, but, gee, they made up for it through the back half. 
Uh, they certainly did, and we'll talk about that uh, in a moment, Andy. Master Porthos now, he's had uh, three um, three feature race meet races, uh, the uh, the railway sprint where he was the fastest heat winner, the uh, the New Zealand derby where he was the fastest heat winner, he did run third in that final, and, and now the uh, Matariki where, again, he was the fastest. He just unfortunately just not quite able to, uh, to reproduce in the final at this stage, Andy. He just hasn't quite been able to back up those performances. He, he was very good through the derby. He was just bettered by a couple of fast greyhounds there, obviously, in Diego Gem and, and Opawa Superstar. I, I thought, if anything, he was probably a little bit of a, a disappointing run in the final. I know he was only a length and a half, less than a length and a half away, but I thought he had every opportunity to be able to punch his way around those greyhounds and show that blistering speed through the middle stages that we know he has, and he just wasn't able to do it. So... Yeah, so far he's a heat specialist yet to take out a final. We've got the, the futurity coming up down here in Christchurch uh, over the next uh, two or three weeks. I'm assuming that those greyhounds have paid up for it. It's a, a series that you have to be paid up for from when you are a pup. So as long as he's paid up for it, he's got to be a, a force to be reckoned with through that as well. Yeah, indeed. And um, look, he, he hasn't been the kindest of travellers so far. And so it's tough when you're travelling away, obviously, um the uh, the races that I've talked about, the railway in Auckland, uh, the Derby Cambridge, and now this uh, Matariki Stakes in Manawatu, and it does require you to travel uh, twice there, uh, which is not easy for a dog like him that doesn't settle quite as well as some others do. And, and, and hence, we had Jack Hart on the show last week, um, the thought around the the, the possibility of having him uh, go to Victoria and um, and have a look at some of the sort of 450 metre races uh, around Victoria and, and not have to travel quite so far for those. Andy, uh, you talked about it. Um, it was a, a day of two halves for the Cole Kennels. Um, they, um, halfway through the card, had not registered a win. Back half of the card, they completely dominated. They won the last six races on Premier Stakes Day. That is never easy with the visitors coming to town. And, of course, two of them were features, the Matariki Stakes we've just talked about, and also the Matariki Sprint taken out by uh, a greyhound who's just got an outstanding strike rate, and that's uh, big-time Prada. She's very good, isn't she, Prada? She's very good, and and she had to be good to win that as well. She, you know, we we talked about it a lot in the week leading into it, and, and uh, pre-race on the day with uh, with Philippa Morris on track side. That the draw was actually really ugly for her. She had wide runners in one and two. She had a railing type in five, and and even the greyhound in four can come over at times. And she's not always electric off the list. She was on Friday, and she had to be. She came out scorching. She was able to miss the trouble that it looked like she could find on paper. And unfortunately, big time Katie found that. But she was able to miss it. And once she found the top, she was just always going to be too fast for them. We know she's strong enough through the back end of 375 metres. She's got a very good record over the 410 metres. So once she found the lead, that was about all they all she wrote. And they weren't going to get past her. thought the second greyhound uh, was very good. Rosso is a, a greyhound who... Has a really good record, isn't he, Typhoon Tim? But he, he just isn't quite lighting up like he was, say, you know, a month or six weeks ago, but very good to see again. And Rosa, I thought the run of the race might have been the third Greyhound, Screaming Viking, again, a Carlos Jewel type run. He didn't quite get as close as Carlos, but he came from a fair way back on the corner to rail under them and make up some good ground on some very fast Greyhounds. That was a nice effort from the, the Marcy Flip prepared runner. It was, and he'd been the fastest heat winner and beaten uh, Typhoon Tim in the heat prior, but uh, Cole Quinella ultimately there in the uh, Matariki sprint. And 
And it's got to be said for Craig Roberts, who we had on the show last week, and he had a stellar day on the uh, the Monday at uh, at Addington. He had six runners, and five of them uh, came out and won. But it was uh, a day of almosts for the Roberts team on Friday there at uh, Palmerston North. Obviously, we've talked about Raja Bale running second to no keeper, Carlos Jewell being beaten in nose. We thought that um, the Roberts team might get their win in the last with uh, with. Tell Bingo Bale looking to extend his winning sequence, but again, it was uh, the Cole team to the fore. Mustang Charlie was as good as I've seen him in a long time. He just put it to Tell Bingo. He did. I, I thought pre-race that if there was anything going to test Tell Bingo, it was obviously the Prince of Palmy. We know how good he is around there. Mustang Charlie, that second phase acceleration he has is just second to none in the country. His speed is just blistering once he hits top gear, but to be fair, I thought the way he'd been racing that Telbingo Bale would just be too fast and too strong for him. And, and even if Charlie was able to sneak past him, sort of leaving the back, that uh, that Bingo would be able to peel him, you know, reel him back in up the straight. It just didn't happen. He just burned Mustang Charlie. He just absolutely put the foot to the floor halfway down the back straight. And that was after Telbingo led Rosso. And once he found himself in front, I thought, well, Charlie's not going to get past him now. And about five strides later, Charlie put two lengths on him. So it shows how good Charlie is. And to be fair, he was able to do that down here at Addington Raceway. He did get past Tel Bingo and led him to the back. Mark Tel Bingo was able to get back over top of him over the 520 metres here, obviously, which is a, a little bit tougher. But on his home track, he was just able to burn and old Bingo had no answer. I don't think you'll lose any admirers from it because we know how good Charlie is on a one-turn track and I still think Cal Bingo potentially is, is one of the best greyhounds we could see here in the country, and he will uh, he will still live up to that. Obviously, the South Island champs, I'm, I'm assuming, will be his next target in a couple of weeks' time on the same night as Futurity. So, uh, yeah, certainly will be interesting racing going forward, but on the day, Charlie and the Cole team were just too good. Yeah, indeed, Andy. Hey, look, um, congratulations to the club. It was an outstanding card of racing there to GRNZ for putting on the uh, Matariki Stakes Premier uh, meeting. Congratulations to the Cole Kennels winning the uh, the back half of the program, including a couple of features that we talked about there, the stakes and the sprint, and, of course, to no keeper and carry Gary Cleave and Gaylene Turnbull and all of the connections there that have kept that spectacular run going with uh, no keepers uh, stellar win in the Matariki distance and Andy congratulations uh, to you fine body of work there on Friday and uh, a day of racing you probably won't forget in a wee while yeah it's going to stay in the memory bank for a very long time the Matariki day it was it was very good the club they get it right they had a, a fish and chip caravan on course and they had uh, free food and free drinks for uh, for people on course and all of that sort of stuff so it's uh, certainly something they got right on the day the club and the fields the undercard the, the features everything about the day was was just absolutely super and uh, and yeah the, the the racing action on the track certainly didn't disappoint Oh, Andy, uh, thanks for your time this morning. Thanks for helping us through, and we'll catch you soon on Dog Speed. No, it'd be my pleasure, Rosso, and uh, hopefully uh, you start healing a little bit uh, over the next few days, though. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm crawling out of the COVID tunnel fairly slowly, I've got to say. Uh, you're with uh, Dog Speed with uh, Greyhound Racing in New Zealand. We're going to wrap the show up very shortly by having a chat with Ron O'Regan. Ron and Naomi have a team of uh, seven in at Monaco this afternoon. Mark Rosanowski here with you. We're in the home straight here in uh, in Dog Speed and uh, hoping to catch up with uh, with Ron O'Regan to have a chat about the uh, team that he and uh, Naomi have got in today. They've got a team of seven there. We're just having trouble catching up with uh, Ron.
at the moment. In fact, we've just got them in the nick of time. So <laughs> it's uh, good timing there from uh, Ron. Uh, rather than listen to my diatribe over the concluding stages, um, we may as well get to the kennel itself. Uh, Ron O'Regan, very good morning to you. G'day, mate. How are you? Yeah, mate, I'm I'm good. Hey, um, thanks for for checking in with us. I, I'd like to talk a little bit no of rugby worries. league with you, but hey, just before uh, just before we do do that, um, we'll go through your team of seven today. You and Naomi have got in, and uh, see three races where you're sort of up against each other. But in race two, uh, you got Allegro Brian off uh, off number one, and I guess he's got to be some sort of place chance from there. This looks sounds like uh, Ron's dropped off there, unfortunately. But um, we got a we got a hello from him anyway. Um, but uh, we'll try and get Ron back. Um, he's uh, out at Monaco and just uh, kenneled the team there. Allegro Brian, race two, number one, priced up eleven dollars this morning. He's got a pretty good record off the inside, at least uh, to place anyway. A dog in there called Mintaz uh, looks very very promising for uh, for Jared Udy and Nessie Cottam. So. Um, Mintaz looks the dog clearly uh, to beat and one well worth following uh, from a very nice litter, Mintaz. But Allegro Brian, uh, certainly a chance from the inside to at least place potentially. Uh, the Oregon team also have big time lad and there he's off box number four. He's at 30 to one. Hey, Ron, uh, good to have you back there. I was just talking about Allegro Brian probably being a place prospect for you off uh, box one in race two. Yeah, definitely. He um, had a little bit of a freshen up. Uh, you know, we batted him around a few weeks and he was starting to miss the kick, so we thought we'd give him a couple of weeks off. And um, he's come back pretty good. He's put on a little bit of weight, but he's had plenty of work, so quite confident he can run well, hopefully in the money. Um, and the other guy, big-time lad, uh, I wouldn't take any notice of last week's run. The seven-dog got in front of him and he hasn't got that thing in his brain to go around him, so he just sat in behind it. When that was drifting, he started to drift. So um, he's pretty well, the big lad. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he ran in the money too. Um, okay, well, he's a big... He's a, yeah, yeah. He can, he can put he's a one in. Indeed, he's a big odd. So he'd be worth including for a trifecta's first yeah. force, big time lad. Hey, Ron, in race yeah. four, you've got Allegro Robbie off the inside. He's had three box ones in his last four. He, he hasn't quite used them quite as effectively as he probably hoped. Yeah, no, a little bit disappointed last week, isn't it? but he did slip coming out, and then he, um, he he's such a you know good chaser. Although he wears blinkers, he's he's really chasing hard now, and he hit the rail. So, and he batted on for a fifth. But I mean, he could have been a bit closer with a better start and uh, not hitting the rail. So, yeah, no, I think he can run in the money too. I can, you know, go close anyway. And you've got number two, big time rascal there. Now, um, she hasn't raced since the end of April and she's first up for you. So uh, what have you been able to, to, to do with uh, big time rascal so far? Well, um, we're pretty impressed with her. We got um, Brendan sent her up saying that she needed the 318 because the 410 and the 375 was far too, uh, too far for her. And um, the way she's working, and we give her a nice little hand slip here the other week and she went really well, not through the boxes, but just the hand slip that... Uh, she got a bit of early speed, so it could be interesting. Mm, no, no, looking forward to seeing it her go be, for you. Yeah, she should do well. Yeah, yeah. Should do well up there yeah, at Monaco, no, we, as you say. She settled in really good, you know. She's a happy little thing. And um, as you know, we had little rascal. Now we've got big time rascal. So hopefully we <laughs> do a good job with her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. Hey, Ron, uh, race eight, number three, big time Dory. Uh, she ran into a distant fourth last week. What do you expect from her today? See, she's around the $10 mark. 
Well, the thing about it, Rosso, she's um, since she won her last race, she won a class two here from box one or two, and she's um, she's drawn six, seven, and eight ever since. Cambridge here, she run over the six oh threes, box five twice against all the good dogs, Rogue and Fern and that. Um, expected to go close to winning. Excellent. Uh, looks uh, good each way value there. I, I like her, yeah. Each way all day. Um, I nice. do like it today. Um, especially with the tracks a little bit puggy too. They're doing a bit of work on it now. And she is a strong bitch. But she needs clear running early. But I can see the one, two jumping and her hopefully get a sit in behind. Nice. That's race eight, number three, Big Time Dory. And then yeah. in the last, you've got a couple couple in there, Ron. Uh, big Time Gucci and Big Time Cherry. And they're, they're both relatively new to your kennels. I think they've uh, both had a, a, a run each out of your kennels so far. Let's start with Gucci. Um, she was sixth first up for you last week. What did you make of that? I actually, actually, Mark, I thought she might have gone a little bit better than that six. Um, she's been working really well. Although they've all been up in a little bit of weight, um, she should be spot on today. Um, should go a better race. But the other girl, she impressed us big time, you know. Like, she drew the six last week as well, and she put in a big effort. So, hopefully, in the, in the law of racing, she's improved with the run, you know. So, yeah, look forward to that one. Yeah, indeed. So, uh, that's uh, number six, big time, yeah. Cherry. Yeah, yeah, she, third first up. Yeah. Yeah, no, big, good run too. It wasn't like it was a uh, fluke or anything. She put it in early, and then she, she held on well. So, you know. To get our stakes, we might be each way all day again. <laughs> <laughs> Here's hoping. Hey, uh, Ron, uh, most of your dogs are at fairly generous prices today, and, and you've given one or two of them a decent write-up too. So um, looking forward to following the fortunes for you and Naomi today. Hey, just before we go, we've just got uh, two minutes left here. Um, but uh, I know as a man who uh, proudly wore the uh, Kiwis jersey, I, I'd imagine you were pretty wrapped to see International League back uh, yesterday at Mount Smart. What did you make of the game, the Kiwis up over Tonga? Oh mate, um, when I saw the when when I first saw the team selected, I thought very good side. After watching the game, it's going to if they can stay together, if they don't have injuries, and Michael Maguire can keep them going, this is going to be a very good Kiwi side, and um, it'll take a good side to beat them. And, and give credit to Tonga, <laughs> Tonga never laid down once. Like, you know the war, uh, the Kiwis looked like they were going to go right on with it, and and Tonga just kept going and going. So. A great game, but I believe a very good Kiwi side, Mark. A very so it gives you uh, certainly um, some confidence for the uh, for, will, for the World Cup? Oh, definitely. And I've got to say something about Brandon Smith. He looks like he's come straight out of the 80s, the way he plays. <laughs> and uh, he had an outstanding game along with Manu and a couple of others. But that Brandon Smith, he would have slipped in with us all day, every day. He was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 a it's, it's a it's a pretty exciting time just just for the fact that obviously we haven't had any international rugby league, but as you say, to be able to name a team like that and for them to oh. to gel as well as they did first up is pretty encouraging. Very encouraging, and um, you know, and and for us Kiwi fans, that league fans that follow the Warriors and that, it gives us you know it gives us a lot of hope because you know. They are they are Kiwi boys, and and you know, the way that hopefully the Warriors have learned from that last night what you can do if you're really put in hard early and keep going all day. So um, exciting times, Mark, for rugby league, I believe. Indeed, hey Ron, I really appreciate your time today. All the best to you out at Monaco today. Okay, mate, we'll be trying.
Thank you. Hey, good on you. It's Rod O'Regan's there, and earlier we had uh, Peter Hederick, and in between times we had uh, Andy McCook. Hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll be back in seven days' time. We'll do more dog speed. Until then, dog speed to you. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.